the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christos Anesti, Christ is risen. Today the church celebrates one of the seven minor feasts of the church, Thomas Sunday. And Thomas Sunday is a minor feast in our church because the church, in its wisdom, wants to make sure, wants to make sure that you believe in the resurrection of the Lord. And last week I told you about the power of believing in the resurrection, to believe that you are truly saints. Our Lord, He said to St. Thomas, He said, Do not be unbelieving, be believing. The Gospel of today is about believing in the power of the resurrection and turning our unbelief to belief. At the beginning of the Gospel of today, it was written that then on the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. And today I want to speak to you about why the disciples shut their doors. Because it seemed to me that Christ appeared to them in their midst so that they could open their doors. It was as if Christ was telling his disciples, what are you doing locking yourselves up like this? Why are you guys hiding? Why are you guys so scared? And today I want to address maybe like three emotions that keep our doors closed. The first emotion is fear. Fear. Fear will cause you to keep your doors closed. As the Gospel mentioned, the disciples, they shut the door because they were scared of the Jews and they were living in fear of the, Jew, in fear of the Jews. And fear paralyzes us. Fear paralyzes us. Fear like, causes us to close our door. And we fear for our futures, we fear for our kids, we fear for finances, we fear for our spouses, or maybe not, our health. And we fear, and this fear can be crippling. It's crippling, how it, 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 like fear, what fear can do to us. And what's more dangerous than fear, than just closing doors, that would be bad if we just closed our doors. But actually, fear can lead to sin. And you can sin out of fear. You can sin out of fear. Mesalan Zay Abraham, when he was going to Egypt, he lied because he was scared and feared. So fear can lead to lots of sins. And St. Peter, he denied the Lord three times. Why did he deny? Because he's scared. So fear leads not only just to close ourselves off, fear can lead to sin. And fear causes us sometimes not only to sin, fear causes us also to be unrepentant. We fear to, to repent. We fear to say our sins. Fear causes us sometimes to fall into peer pressure. This is what fear can do for us. But whatever fear can do to us, and whatever fear does to us, our faith can do the opposite. If fear paralyzes us, then we could say faith mobilizes us. If fear causes us to sin, then our faith will cause us to live righteously. That's why I love the story of David and Goliath. Goliath, he had been taunting the Israelites for 40 days. And everyone in the army paralyzed by... Fear. They're all scared. 
But David was not fearful. He was not. He was full of faith. And look at what he told King Saul. He said, your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Do you see the faith that this little shepherd boy, little kid, he has so much faith, he's not scared of Goliath, the giant, and the whole army of Israel, King Saul himself, is scared. And many years, this little shepherd boy would write in the Psalms, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. The Lord appeared to the disciples to remove their fear. And that's why the Lord, he said to the disciples actually twice, Peace be to you. It takes peace to remove fear. It takes the Holy Spirit to remove fear. That's why the Lord said, receive the Holy Spirit. They received the sacrament of the priesthood. And then the Lord put them on a mission. He said, as the Father had sent me, I also send you. He said, do not be scared of the Jews. You have a mission now. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. Why are you guys locked up in a room, kiddo? What are you going to do? You need to go. You need to go and preach. And that's why I think one of the ideas that's intrinsic here is not to be scared of suffering. Not to be scared of suffering. The Christian should not be scared by suffering. The life of the Christian is about glory in suffering. Glory in suffering. That's why the resurrected body, think about the resurrected body of Christ. The resurrected body of Christ still bears the mark of the nails and the spear. To Lord, you resurrected from the dead. Why not just fill the hole? Why not just heal the side? Why not? The Lord wants to show us that the mark of suffering, the mark of suffering is not shameful. The mark of suffering that is for glory, is for glory. And that's why, like St. George, we can look at St. George and we could say, look at all the wounds that you endured for your love for Christ. These wounds are not wounds to be shamed of. No, they are not. These wounds will get you a crown in the heavens. There is a crown for asceticism. There is a crown for poverty. There is a crown for martyrdom. There is a crown for celibacy. There is a crown for purity. There is no crown for comfort. Mafish crown for comfort. To be a little couch potato, to eat potato chips. Mafish crown for that. There is crown for suffering. And that's the life of the Christian. The life of the Christian, he endures his suffering. He knows that God will give him a crown. That's why I love the, the hymn that we say in the church. The righteous will come and the martyrs will come bearing their afflictions. 
They will come bearing their afflictions. So when you stand before the throne of God on judgment day, what will you bear to God? Are you going to show Him any suffering that you endured here? You say, Christ, I endured this suffering for your sake because I love you. And Christ will give you a crown for this suffering. And that's why I feel the Christian should not be scared of anything, should not be scared of suffering, should not be scared of St. George. We, again, we have St. George, seven years of torture that he endured for the sake of Christ. So we should not be scared because of our friends or peer pressure. We shouldn't be afraid to preach in front of our colleagues or neighbors. The saints were not scared of Nero. They were not scared of Diocletian. Wahna were scared of Mean. Our neighbors, our colleagues, a little, make it, someone makes fun of us, someone tells us, why are you eating food? Why? Don't be scared of these things. We have a mission to accomplish, we have a gospel to preach, so do not stay locked up in your room. Another emotion that locks us up in our room is anger. Is anger. And both the Pauline and the Catholic epistle of today, they speak about this topic. And it seemed odd to me that those readings would be chosen for today. But when you think about it, when you meditate on this, darkness or anger keeps us in the darkness. Anger keeps us locked up in tiny rooms. We don't want to speak to anyone. We don't want to reconcile. All we want to do is just lock ourselves in a room and be angry with the world. And look at what St. Paul said to the Ephesians in the Pauline epistle of today. He said, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the, the devil. Let all bitterness, let all wrath, all anger, clamor, and all evil speaking, put them away from you. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. In the Catholic epistle today, also the same idea. It says, he who is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness till now. He who loves his brother abides in light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness. And does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Hatred. Why do we hate people? Hatred is prolonged anger. This person upset me so many times. They've angered me so many times. Khalas, I hate you. And this is very, 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 very dangerous in our spiritual lives. Because anger causes strife. It causes division. And when, where there is anger, there is no peace. And Christ came to give you peace. That's why King Solomon in his Proverbs, he says, An angry man stirs up strife. A furious man abounds in transgression. I read something nice that said, Pride comes before the fall. You've heard that before, right? Pride comes before the fall. And it's anger that follows hot on its heels. And if you think about the first sin that Adam and Eve committed, it was pride. And they fell in pride, and they fell in sin. And then Cain, the second sin was anger and hatred. And so as Eve gave birth to Cain, pride gave birth to anger. And oftentimes it is our pride that keeps us angry. 
And it's our pride that keeps us from being reconciled with one another. And that's why anger is so dangerous. Even when God went to Cain and said, Please, don't be angry with your brother. Just be, be happy. Do good. And you'll be fine. And God will accept you. No. Cain. Ugh. Anger. And his anger got the best of him. His rage and his anger could not be controlled. How to remove our anger? Remove our anger through humility. One thing I have realized is that we all have reasons to be angry. We all have reasons to be angry. And each person could come up with a list of why you should be angry with someone else. Any spouses, make a list of why you should be angry with your spouse. The list is so long. But despite anything like on this list, like it's not beneficial to you. It's not beneficial to have a list like this. Yani Mara one time came to me and had a list of things they were angry with me for. So angry with me. So I said, I'm sorry, I forgive me. And I did, you're right. And I meant, the, 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 the. And I did, what do you want? Do you want this? Khud. Do you want money? Khud money. Do you want this? Do you want khud. Anything you want? Kalabaya khud. Anything you want, take it. Anything you want, take it. It's okay, we can have. And the person's still angry. Bad kurlida, anger. Anger sometimes can get the best of us. Anger can get the best of us. And the, 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 the worst part is, is that even like this person came to me with a list. After I started thinking, Allah, if, like this person made a list, and I'm can I make a list too, right? You say, I did this, and I could say, you did this, 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 and then we could go back and forth forever. But what, is, how, what does this accomplish? What does this do? That's why I want everyone to take away, take this list and be reconciled and forgive one another. And a lot of times what I've noticed is that anger is a, a, oftentimes the result of misunderstanding. We misunderstand attacks, we misunderstand. Unless you guys are like very evil people and you intentionally do evil things to each other, then the hagatani. But oftentimes it's just, and I meant this and I didn't mean to do it, but sorry, forgive me, and I just did. And it's a result of misunderstanding. So don't make misunderstanding become get a, a big, big problem. Don't let the, your anger get the best of you. You have a choice on how to respond. And you don't need to be angry. The last emotion that I want to speak to you about is doubt. Doubt. And I'll go very quickly here. Doubt. Thomas, St. Thomas, he doubted in the resurrection despite the claims of the disciples, despite the claims of Mary. He heard all of the claims. But one of the reasons that he doubted is because he wasn't present. He wasn't present. If he was present, he wouldn't have doubts. And oftentimes, we miss out on what God is doing for us. God appears, He's doing signs, He's doing wonders, He's doing all these great things. But we miss out, and then we say, where is God? Because we are not present. If you are present, you will see the glory of God. And God doesn't want to play hide and seek with you. He wants to show Himself to you. So be present. Another reason we often doubt is that sometimes we doubt because this is a way to like, ease our conscience. Sometimes we're scared of failure. We are scared of failure. 
And we think if we put faith in God, we don't want to be let down. Mesalan, like a student. A student doesn't study because they just say, I'm going to fail the test anyway. Uh, what's the point of doing anything? Uh. And so they doubt in themselves. Why do they doubt in themselves? They want to lower their expectations because if I fail, who cares if I fail? If I don't fail, it's good. But we shouldn't have this like low expectation for ourselves or for God. God is the one who fulfills His promises. God is the one who came and He showed Himself to Thomas to say, Take away your doubt. Do not be unbelieving, but be believing. So take away your doubts. Trust in God and trust in His promises. I hope today we will not lock ourselves in. Do not lock ourselves in by fear. Do not lock yourself in by anger. Do not lock yourself in by doubt. Trust in God and believe in God. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Then he was placed in the tomb According to the prophetic voices